Hello, and welcome back to the Wild Truth Chase podcast. This is season six, which, as a reminder, is called How I Try to Figure Things Out, a personal and informal jaunt through some aspects of quantitative reasoning. This is episode four, and the title of episode four is What is Statistics For? We're going to start this episode with a question, and that question is, what is statistics for? Picking up where we left off in my story, I had been asked a question in my interview for my first industry data science job that sent me down a rabbit hole of studying about formal methods for analyzing causality. This study led me to the work of Judea Pearl, who was trained as a physicist but cut his teeth in the statistical field and first achieved notoriety with his studies of Bayesian statistics and Bayesian networks in particular. We will return later in the season to Judea Pearl's work on causality, but today we're going to focus on statistics as these are foundational concepts in the study of causality. Since Bayesian statistics seem to be at the foundation of formal methods for studying causality, I decided to dig in more there and started to look for some lectures that I could watch. I stumbled upon a series of lectures on YouTube given by Aubrey Clayton. The lectures were very low budget. It's just a guy standing in front of a door writing on a bumpy sheet of stick-on whiteboard that was stuck to his wall. The content, however, was very good. And these lectures were based on a book called Probability Theory, The Logic of Science by someone named E.T. James. This book is a 700-page tome that lays out the life's work of E.T. Jaynes. Jaynes was also a physicist, but someone who's best known for his work on clarifying statistical analyses. And I first saw this book on the shelf of one of my postdoctoral advisors, someone who I really respected for his breadth and depth of knowledge. And I distinctly remember him emphasizing when I asked about this book that he said he had read it cover to cover and recommended that I do the same. Now, unfortunately, I didn't take his advice at the time, and it would only be several years later that I was reintroduced to the book by Aubrey Clayton's lectures. The book was unfinished at the time of his death, and it's a very dense and technical book, but also quite entertaining. Throughout the book, he takes shots at the prevailing paradigm in statistics and shows how applying that system, which is sometimes referred to as frequentist or orthodox statistics, leads to logical paradoxes. In the series of 10 lectures, Aubrey Clayton goes over some of the most important points in E.T. Jane's book and succeeds in making the material more approachable and digestible. So I definitely recommend looking up those lectures, which are still on YouTube, if you're interested. The series of lectures was also left unfinished, though thankfully not because Aubrey Clayton had died. I later learned that Aubrey Clayton was writing a book, which was eventually published in 2021, called Bernoulli's Fallacy. The book is clearly inspired by James's book, and I think he was probably preparing to write this book while he was preparing those lectures that I watched on YouTube. 
The book has a slightly different emphasis than the original Jane's book and is less technical. The subtitle of Clayton's book is Statistical Illogic and the Crisis of Modern Science. In it, he talks about how mistaken statistical concepts are at the heart of most statistical analyses of scientific data, even to this day. He proposes that at the heart of so much confusion and error in today's statistical analyses is a simple mathematical error that was made by someone named Jacob Bernoulli. And usually when it comes to math, you would be just fine trusting pretty much anyone named Bernoulli. If you studied math, you'll see that name come up again and again. But in this case, there was a flaw, which I will describe. Going back to my own story, when I first read and absorbed the essential arguments made by Jaynes and Clayton in their books, I was both surprised and relieved. I had been studying science for a long time at that point, but it didn't have much direct engagement with statistics, despite the fact that statistical techniques are commonly used in the sciences. Examples of these techniques include hypothesis testing, p-values, and confidence intervals. Now, just as an aside, I once watched a video, which unfortunately I can't seem to find right now, but the video showed someone standing outside a statistics conference and interviewing statisticians about the definition of p-value. The complete and utter confusion that was evident from the responses shows that there's something rotten at the core of orthodox statistics. I had done some independent study of statistics in an effort to understand these statistical techniques that were commonly being used in scientific publications. However, I always found the presentation of the material very confusing. There is a zoo of statistical tests, and the explanations about when to use which test never made sense to me. In fact, more often, these explanations are presented in the form of a decision tree that asks you questions about the kind of analysis that you're trying to do and end up recommending some particular statistical procedure, which also is then not explained and you have no way of understanding what's supposed to be going on. Examples of these kinds of techniques include so-called paired t-tests, repeated ANOVA, Mann-Whitney u-test. Statistics is sometimes subdivided into descriptive and inferential statistics. Descriptive statistics is, for the most part, fairly straightforward, but not that useful. For example, if you want to know the mean of a bunch of measurements, just compute the mean, and that's a particular statistic describing the data that you're analyzing. You almost never are directly interested in what you measure, however, so you need to perform inference of a quantity that you haven't directly measured given the data that you have measured. And in my opinion, this is the answer to the question posed in the title of the episode. Statistics is for understanding things that cannot or were not directly measured. In common parlance, the thing that you directly measure is called the data, and the thing that you're trying to infer something about is called the hypothesis. Now, it is possible to rigorously perform this kind of inference, and basic techniques for how to do so were worked out by Thomas Bayes and Pierre-Simon Laplace. In the famous Bayes theorem, several probabilities related to these quantities appear, including the probability of the hypothesis given the data and the probability of the data given the hypothesis. 
What Clayton refers to as Bernoulli's fallacy is the confusion of these two quantities. And so much of the confusion and proliferation of incomprehensible concepts and techniques in modern statistics stems from the conflation of these two quantities, according to Clayton. For historical reasons that Clayton reviews in his book, an intellectual war started between factions about how statistics should be done. The factions identify sometimes as frequentist statistics or orthodox statistics and Bayesian statistics. Frequentist statistics, as the name orthodox suggests, is still the prevailing school of statistics and it's what you're most likely to encounter if you take a statistics class today. By contrast, Bayesian statistics has a major PR issue. It is still seen as the quirky cousin of orthodox statistics, and it's rarely taught to students during their first introduction to statistics. A better name for Bayesian statistics would be plausible reasoning under uncertainty. This name is related to E.T. Jane's notion of probability being a generalization of logic to situations where we're not completely certain of the validity of the propositions that are involved. Now, what are some of the absurdities that might arise in frequentist statistics? Aubrey Clayton does a good job of laying out some of the real-world consequences of making this seemingly obscure mathematical mistake. Ronald Fisher, probably the best-known modern proponent of frequentist statistics, was hired by the Tobacco Manufacturers Research Council to conduct research on the genetic causes of lung cancer. If you're familiar with the idea of motivated reasoning, then alarm bells should be going off in your head right now. Why would the Tobacco Manufacturers Research Council be interested in genetic causes of cancer? Are they just trying to be of service to society? Think back to what I said about the purpose of statistics. It's to make inferences about unobserved quantities using observed data. In this case, the relevant unobserved quantities are the influence of genetics and smoking on the prevalence of lung cancer. And here, the prevalence of lung cancer plays the role of the data. Ronald Fisher's analysis was ultimately inconclusive, but it did allow the tobacco industry to cast doubt on the relationship between smoking and lung cancer for a long time whereas a Bayesian analysis would have showed a high probability of there being a strong link between smoking and lung cancer. Wrapping up today's episode and tying it back into our season, we see that statistics is used to make inferences about unobserved quantities, and to perform these inferences, we need two things. A model of the phenomenon, like the quantitative models that I discussed previously, and the proper machinery for performing the inferences, which is given by techniques of Bayesian statistics, which I discussed today. In the next episode, we'll talk more about data generating processes, which is another name for quantitative models, as well as modern tools for performing Bayesian inference on complex quantitative models. Thanks for joining me today, and I'll see you next week.